that the greatest disease in the kingdom of God, the greatest disease among the people of God is not the disease of cancer. It's not the disease of hypertension. It's not the disease of diabetes. It is not the disease of poverty. My sisters and my brothers, it's the disease of unbelief. The disease of unbelief. The Bible says in the book of John 10, 10, it said the thief come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Unbelief come to kill, to steal, and to destroy the promises of God concerning your life. And Jesus said, I have come with my word that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That is why I am so certain today for those of you who still have had to believe that every spirit of unbelief shall be arrested in our life. He's a thief and therefore he shall be arrested. In the mighty name of Jesus. In our marriage, it shall be arrested. In our home, it shall be arrested. In the promises of God concerning our life, it shall be arrested. In our children, it shall be arrested. In our career, it shall be arrested. In every area of our life, it shall be arrested in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, let me, let, let me just hear louder, amen. amen. It's a thief. God said anything you believe, if you believe, then it is possible. I'm so glad that he did not put a condition. That is why I'm robber. We pray and go to steal. He will steal and come back. I'm robber. We need down and pray. Oh. God go here. Because he did not put condition. Is there anything you believe while you pray? It will be done. Am I speaking to somebody today? Anything you pray for? It will be done. He did not say if you go to church. Oh. He did not say if you go to church. He did not say if you are involved in church activities. He did not say if you sing in the choir. We thank God for our choir. He said, but if you believe, anything you believe will be possible. I'm just praying for somebody's face to rise up to another level. Because when I'm praying for somebody, sometimes people think I'm crazy. I am not crazy. Because I'm not the one doing it. Our daddy said it. He said, the, the first thing we are doing this month, bring the sick, bring the lame, bring the lamb. Let me tell you, I'm sure when he was even saying it, some people were like, hmm, ah, you don't already cancel your miracle with that. You don't cancel them. He did not say if you are involved in church activities because there's too much activities going on in the church. He said, but if you believe, you will see the glory of God. What is he talking about if you believe? If you believe everything that God has said concerning your life, it will be possible. I said it before that unbelief is a thief. It's the weapon that the enemy is using to steal from you. Steal from you. It's a spiritual weapon. And the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians, I believe, 10 verse 3, he said that we walk in the flesh. He said, we do not war according to the flesh. He said, the weapons are of our warfare, they are, not, they are not carnal. So that is why today you will say, I believe, oh Jesus. I believe in you. By the time you walk out there, God, the enemy will throw one circumstances and before you know it, you are back to where you were. That will no longer be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Open your ears. The Bible says, let those who have ears, let them do what? Let them hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to them. Unbelief can no longer rob us again in the name of Jesus. 
Now we are going to look at the two dangers of unbelief. My sisters and my brothers, listen very carefully. The dangers of unbelief. Sometimes we say, I don't, it's unbelief. Let me tell you what unbelief is. If you are not believing the promises of God concerning your life, it's unbelief. We have to understand that Jesus Christ, when he came to save us, salvation is not just for you to get up from one thing and hang in the middle of the street. Salvation takes you from darkness. He puts you into light. He takes you from sickness. He puts you into divine health. He takes you from bondage and puts you into deliverance. God did not save you to abandon you along the way. When he saved you, they are packaged. You know what I call it? The package of salvation. There are a lot of package. There is healing. There is deliverance. There is peace. There is joy. Sometimes the enemy will say, you know what? I have saved you. But he will begin disturbing the person with depression. How many Christians are taking depression medication? Let's face it. It's simply unbelief. That was the root that opened the door to it. And before you know it, it becomes something else. Healing is coming to somebody today. I said deliverance is coming to somebody today. If you believe that, you better wave your hand and shout hallelujah. There's but one danger of unbelief, let me tell you. Unbelief will make you to look at something that is possible as if it is impossible. Unbelief will make you see something that is possible. The word of God says it is possible, but you will be looking at it as if it is impossible. It's stealing from you. There was a time when my mom that came to this country about eight years ago, because as I prepared for this message, the Lord began to take me back. She's a Muslim. I'm from a Muslim family. When she came, my sister had fight for her a citizenship, a green card. They would give you a green card before citizenship. And they told her in about a month's time, she's going to come for interview. And my mother looked at my sister. She just came from Nigeria. Even the English, she doesn't hear it very well. She said, huh, interview. That interview, I'm not going, no. It was a joke. It was a joke. Every day. You know, one thing, we pray in the church. We pray for what we really believe. We go out there and start saying the opposite. We start saying the opposite. When you believe something in prayer, when you go outside prayer, let the situation be looking at you like this, but begin to speak what you believe in that situation. Begin to speak it. Because what you say will change what you see. It will change it. I cannot stress it long enough. It will change it. To cut the whole story short, Two weeks to my mother's interview, they brought a letter to remind her. And this old woman, she, then she was 65 years old. She keeps saying, that interview, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. About a week to the interview, we got another letter. I have my sister here. That says they have carefully reviewed her application. They've decided to waive the interview. And she will get a green card in two weeks. Even while she was believing, <sighs> give God the glory. Yeah, go ahead. Even while she was praying for it, me that was a Christian there, I was trying to tell her, Mama, this is the procedure. You must come for interview. And she's saying, I am not going for the interview. A Christian. 
telling her, God will shortcut your interview for your sake. There are some procedures that God will cut away from the road so he can catapult you to the place that he wants to take you to. If you believe that, wave your hand and shout hallelujah. In Matthew chapter number 9 verse 23, the Bible said everything is possible to anyone that believes. Unbelief is a pit, is a, is, a, is a thief from the pit of hell. When a message comes about healing, we come to church, we hear all kinds of messages. Are you in agreement with me? We hear a lot. Let me tell you, this house of God, this word, uh, let me, the kind of messages I've heard in this church, I've never heard it anywhere. The message of truth. So we put some sugar, some tomato, some seasoning to spice it up. This is a Bible-believing church. You will hear the message. Huh? As he is, so are we. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was injured for our transgressions. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. By his strength, we are healed. He sent for his word, and his word healed our diseases. When you leave the church, your faith is lifted up. When you go out there, the enemy will begin to throw all kinds of things to choke your belief system. He will choke your belief. I'm here to expose him so that you will know. Because the word of God is settled in heaven forever. As long as God has written it down, it is settled. Nothing can change it. If you say by his stripe you are healed, by his stripe you are healed. But the enemy will throw all kinds of stuff. If it is cancer that day, the enemy will make sure that he will bring to your remembrance everyone that has died of cancer. He will bring it to your remembrance. I need you to know that that is the trick of the enemy. You are not like them. This is you. If God says it concerning your life, hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. That day you will watch TV throughout that week, the news will be about somebody that has died of cancer. Am I speaking to somebody? Because he's trying to choke your faith. He's trying to choke your belief. He's after your faith. He's after your faith. Is after what you have believed. Don't let him. He's a thief. Therefore, it must be what? Arrested. Don't allow him. He will bring every, if it is marriage, he will show you people that their marriage did not work. Then you will now say, hmm, yeah, I'm getting out of this marriage. That man, I'm tired of him. That woman, I'm tired of her. The moment you leave the man, leave the woman, your eye will clear. His work is, is done. He will just, he will leave. His mission is to cause divorce in that marriage. And once the divorce is over, his job is accomplished. May his job never be accomplished in our lives in the name of Jesus. May it never be accomplished. I don't care the intensity of what you face. I'm here to tell you as your sister that the word of God is forever. He is forever settled in heaven. Hold on to that word. I stand as the oracle of the most high God today. And I declare over your life that heaven and earth will pass away. The word of God concerning your life will never pass away in the name of Jesus. Every promises of God over your life shall come to pass. I say it shall come to pass. 
It does not matter the intensity of the enemy that is coming against you. The Bible says that when the enemy attack like a flood, he said, with the spirit of the Lord, we do what? We raise up a standard against it. And let me tell you the standard, because I want to break it down. The standard that it will rise up against it is the word of God that you hold on to, that you believe. Because sometimes we quote the scripture and we think it's not working. But we have to pray with understanding. If he said this sickness will kill you, hmm, tell them, say, it has been defeated a long time ago. More than 2,000 years ago. Remind him that by his strap you are healed. You are not going to be. You might not be. If you believe it is possible. The Bible says that all things are possible today that believe. Number one danger of unbelief. It makes you look at things that are possible as if it's impossible. Hallelujah. Number two danger. Hear me and hear me very well. Number two danger will blind your eyes from seeing the manifestation of the power of God in your life. It will blind you from seeing. Not that it's not there. It is there. Because before any problem began, solution has already been provided. Before the sickness, healing is already provided. No matter the new sickness, no matter the name that they name the disease, it is only the pharmacist or the science that will be trying to figure out something. God has already done it. It's in place. But if you believe, you will see. Take your book. Uh, just take your Bible quickly. Go to the book of John chapter 11. I want us to see something there. Because I want you to go home today empowered. I want you to go home today to know that as a child of God, when they call you a believer, they don't call you a believer for nothing. You are not an unbeliever that believe. That, that you are not an unbeliever that believe. You are a believer that believe. Not an unbeliever. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. I want us to go quickly to verse number. Go to verse number 23. Please, I want you to see this with your eyes. Just underline it if you have to. I know that we have seen this scripture over and over again. But God is taking us to somewhere, to a new dimension. This is the story of Martha and Mary that had the brother called Lazarus that died. You see, the death was not even the problem. People say the death was not even the problem. If you believe, whatever is dead will rise up again. That is why I said the disease that killed Lazarus was not the problem. Even though the Bible did not mention it, it's not the problem at all. It was not the problem. The death of Lazarus was not the problem. The problem was the power, the spirit of unbelief that wanted to keep Lazarus dead. That was the problem. Am I speaking to somebody today? The Bible declares, I'm going to start from verse number 23. I want you to read with me, please. And Jesus said to her, Verse 21, let me start from verse 21. He said, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Verse number 23, Jesus said, your brother will rise again. 
Do the kind of prayer that we pray. Martha said, I know even now when you ask, God will give you whatever you want. Is that not what she said? Then Jesus said, your brother will live again. Look at what Martha is saying. Martha answered. Sometimes we look at it and we laugh. We do it. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection the last day. This is what Jesus is saying to Martha. And that is what he's saying to you. I don't care what is dead in your life. It might sound as if I'm talking out of this world. Yes, I am in this world, but I'm not of the world. This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whosoever live by believing in me will never die. Do you believe? Do you believe? This is what Jesus is saying. Let me break it down. What Jesus is saying is that right now where you are, if you believe that whatever is dead, God can bring it back to life, it will come back to life. And after today, if you keep believing, nothing will die in your life again. That is what that scripture is saying. That is what that scripture is saying. And this is what, this is what, <laughs> this is what Martha said. Yes, Lord. She replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into the world. He's still looking about just salvation. Lazarus was saved. Not to be left for dead. He was saved with a package. Package. Somebody say package. Hallelujah. And to cut the whole story short. Jesus now said. Okay take me to your situation. Take me to the tomb of Lazarus. It is amazing how we bring our problem to God. And when we are living we drag it with us. When you give your problem to Jesus. Leave it with him. Leave it with him. Don't drag it again with you. The word of God works. It does. Leave it with him and see what he will do. I keep saying to people, we, 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 we say God cannot, you know, there's nothing God cannot do. There's nothing God cannot do. We say it. But I've said it before. There is one thing God cannot do, even though he's God. He cannot fail. He cannot fail. He can do everything but fail. And Jesus said, take me to where the tomb is. Take me there. And this is what Martha said again. This Martha of a woman. This is what she said again. She said, the sister of the dead. He said, by now, hmm. It's been four days. Lazarus has been dead the four days now. He's, my probably now is thinking. There are some projects that we have given up on. And said, mm, this one is over. Maybe God, if we can just do this. God is telling you that, um, that dead project can come back to life. That thing that you have given up and say, you know what, it's over. And by now, you know, God, I don't want to bother you with this anymore. But if you can just do this, God said, I'm interested in that. He said, if you believe in me, what is dead will come back. And if you keep believing in me, nothing will die in your life. Do you believe? You have to ask, answer that question. Do you believe? The answer is yes. Then Jesus said, this is what Jesus said. When Martha said, is, 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 Lazarus has been dead now for four days. There is no hope. There's no, possible for, there's no way possible for him to come back to life. Jesus reminded her again. 
John chapter 11, verse 40. Mata, Mata. I was the one that put it there. Okay, Mata, Mata is not there. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? What does it mean to see? To see means to detect. It means to notice. It means to spot. You know, when you say, I, I was sick, and now I'm well. Aren't you going to notice that you are well? Is it me for me to say, okay, you are here, you are here. You, wait, you know, you shake your body, you know the pain is still there. <laughs> so God is saying, if you believe me, you will see. In other words, you will notice. In other words, you will spot my glory. It will manifest in your body, in your health, in your, house, in your, in your marriage, in your business, in every area of your life. If you believe, you will see the manifestation of God. Verse number 41. Jesus said, I think the verse number 30, if you go to verse number 39, sorry, 39. What Jesus told Martha was to take away the stone. Verse number 39. Did you see that? He said, take away the stone. Stones stand for unbelief. The stone represents unbelief. As long as the unbelief is there, even though Lazarus will rise from dead, you cannot see the manifestation. He said, take away the stone. Before she started complaining, Lazarus has been dead for four days. But finally, this is what happened. Verse number 41. So they took away the stone. Read your Bible. Please look at your Bible when I'm reading it. They took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse number 43. When he has said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. When the stone, the unbelief was removed, Lazarus was already, uh, uh, he has already risen from the dead. He has already, that is why when Jesus was praying, he did not say, hey, Father, I bind the spirit of death. I bind the spirit of death. I no, 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 no. Jesus did not say that because he knows that at that time, the stone was removed, Lazarus was up. The only thing that he needed to do is to say, Lazarus. Was to say, Lazarus, do what? Come forth. Was just to declare that word. Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that Lazarus came forth. Unbelief. Why do we come to church? You know, what really, what really gets me mad in the spirit is when I see in a church somebody coming in on a wheelchair and go out of the church on a wheelchair. He said, this sign shall follow they that believe. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick. Do you believe that? You know, the scripture is not what we just read and be happy. We want to read it, receive the word, and see manifestation. The Bible says that the whole world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. He's waiting. When Pastor Charles was saying something just, I said, even the people in the church, they look like the people outside. Then what is your evidence of salvation? What is your evidence of salvation? Why will people come to your God? 
If they are limping, you are limping. Why will people come to your God? If some of the situation that you are facing is even worse than what they are facing. Why, why, why would they come? They will say we'll be the same. You are just a church goer. But Father, in the name that is above all names, as we hear this word today, Father, in the name of Jesus, there shall be a divine manifestation in every area of our life. In the name of Jesus, there shall be a divine manifestation. We are not like the world. We are not. Somebody come to church with back pain. And you go. This house, I keep telling you, this is my, my Zion. I can tell you and I testify before God. There are times people see me with energy. There are sometimes my voice is gone. But the moment I handle this microphone, the moment I handle it, that voice will give way. In the name of Jesus. And God is ready and willing. Let me tell you, God is more willing to release into our life more than we are ready to receive. But that unbelief spirit must be arrested. In the name of Jesus, it must be arrested. No matter what the situation may be, no matter what the circumstances may be, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. And the Bible says, according to the power that is at work in us. And that power is the power of belief. It's the power of faith. Sister Ada, I tell you, I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you. As from today, we have been hearing the messages of belief, belief. I thank God for daddy. Because I believe that there is a place that God is taking us to. And as long as that stone, corn unbelief is there, we will not get there. I want to tell you, the devil cannot stop you. The demons can gather together wherever they gather. They cannot stop you. If you believe in God, when they gather, they will scatter. If you believe, that is why it's after your belief. Even as I'm speaking to you right now, your faith is rising. Watch out when you live here. And when he shows his face, arrest him. I said arrest him. I said arrest him. In the name of Jesus. Arrest him. In John chapter, we're going to keep going. The next one we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what causes unbelief. What causes unbelief. I told you that unbelief is spiritual. That is why you cannot say today, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, it's not by your strength. It's just for you to bring the word of God every day, meditate on that word, and speak it out loud. Hallelujah. What are the causes of unbelief? Number one cause of unbelief is spiritual blindness. Spiritual blindness. I said it. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. I live in a body and I have a soul. My physical body has ears, has eyes, and has mouth to speak. Your spiritual body, your spirit also has eyes. When there is a spiritual blindness, your spirit cannot see. It is only your physical eyes that can see. 
And what your physical eye can see can only see problem. What your physical eyes can see can only see the situation that is going on around you. Because you are blind spiritually, you cannot see that even in the midst of that trouble, there is a solution. Am I speaking to somebody today? When your spiritual eyes is blind, if they like to preach this Bible from morning to night, your body will receive it. He will rejoice. You see this body? It likes to rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He would be the one to say it out loud. But the moment he goes out there, it's a new story. When your spirit is blind, or when your spirit is dead, that is why when your flesh wants to go to church, when your spirit wants to go to church, your flesh will say, sit down, you are not going anywhere. You are, you are tired. And guess what you're going to do? You will sit down. That is why the Bible says, when we are led by the Spirit, we do the things of what? When we are led by the flesh, I'm breaking it down. When you are led by the flesh, you will do the things that the flesh always wants you to do. And these two forces, they are fighting against one another. Constantly. You want to read the Bible? The body will say, which Bible are you going to read? Go sleep. And because your spirit is weak, before you start knowing you are yawning, you will go to sleep. Spiritual blindness can cause you not to believe because you don't see a way out of the problem. What you see is just the problem. Hallelujah. Take your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 18. Somebody says, Lord, Say it, Lord. Open my eyes. Open my spiritual eyes. That I may see you. In Jesus' name. Let me hear louder. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. If you are there, say praise the Lord. If you are not there like me, say, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Second Corinthians. If you are there, please just read for me. Read for me. Or do we have it in there? Okay. It says, so we fix our eyes. It's not talking about your physical eyes. It says, so we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but what is unseen. I said this before in our breakthrough. How can you open up your eyes to see, this is your physical eyes to see what is unseen if God is not talking about the spiritual eyes? The physical eyes can only see what it can see, professor. But the spiritual eyes can see what is unseen. So God is telling us to look with our spiritual eyes. He said, for what is seen is what? Temporal. I tell you, your problem is temporal. You can only prolong it. If it's going to be prolonged, it's up to you. If it's dead longer, it's up to you. It's only temporal, but what is seen, what is unseen is what? Eternal. What is seen is eternal. The Bible declares in the book of Psalm 91, if you look at verse number 16, Psalm 91 verse number 16, I want us to go there. Psalm 91 verse 16. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 91 verse 15. He said, long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. To show means to reveal. To show means to manifest. To show means to bring forth. He said, long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. And salvation there, like I said before, is not only an answer to sin. It's a package. God bless you. So salvation is not just, salvation means solution. Salvation means answer. Salvation means remedy. It means remedy to sin and remedy to every situation and circumstances that will go on in your life once you are saved. It doesn't end. He said, I will show you my salvation. Lift up your hands again. Just lift up your voice. Because you have to learn how to pray. Ask God this morning. Because it's rather in the afternoon. I believe so strongly that every problem has a solution. The problem is that you are not seeing the solution. And the moment you see the solution, there is elevation in your life. Some of us, there are places that we need to be at this time of our life. We are not there because of something that we need to know and something that we need to see. We are not seeing it because we are spiritually blind. I want you to just lift up your voice. Whatever you are facing and you need an answer. Whatever you are facing today that you need a solution. Whatever you are facing today that you need a remedy. This is you and your God. Oh, just begin to pray. Because God is not going to make the provision. He has already made the provision. You need to pray and ask him to open up your eyes so you can see it. Yeah. I want you to pray right now. Say, Father, I don't know what you're going to. I don't know what you need an answer. Man cannot help you. You can tell him man cannot help you. But only God can help you. Open up your mind and speak to your father this afternoon. So, Father, the solution that I need concerning this issue, concerning these circumstances, Lord Almighty, in every area where I believe, Lord, help my own belief. Help my own belief, Lord, and show me. Show me. Show me. Show me what I need to know. Show me the answer that I need to know. Give me that information that I need to know. In the name of Jesus. Show me. Speak to God. Show me. Show me, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. As I, as I was going through this world, the Lord brought to my remembrance. I'm going to share something with you and we'll close. When I was only 12 years old, I was so sick. It's all just by the grace of God. Maybe I will not have the opportunity to meet any one of you. But God had a plan and purpose concerning my life. And the enemy cannot abort it. You see the way I'm doing it? I'm doing it with an attitude. Hallelujah. The enemy cannot abort it. At the age of 12, I was so sick. I had meningitis. For those of you who know what that means. I was in the hospital. I was sick. About five of us. Specialist hospital in Benin City. For those of us who know Benin very well. My mom brought me that evening. I was only 12 years old. There was no, no, no life in me. Out of five of them, that night, two died. The next day, the other two died. And I was left alone. Could you imagine the situation my mom was at that time? She gave up hope. But there was something she needed to know. That God Almighty, this God that we serve, the creator of heaven and earth, is no respecter of nobody. Somebody came to my mom. He saw my mom just lying down my bed where I was, helpless. 
Somebody came to my mom and told my mom, Madam, there is one medical doctor that specializes in all these things. But he does not work with the government hospital. We are from Nigeria. We know that means now. They like to have their own private because when they work with the government, they don't get paid. He said he has his own private hospital. I will give you his number. Call him. Explain your situation to him. And he will come to this hospital to see your daughter. My mother was so happy. Long time ago, there's no cell phone. Now. He took the phone number, went to the phone booth. We all remember the phone booth. Hey. <laughs> Glory be to God. He went there and he died, this doctor. For some reason, God was, you know, that is why I'm so certain. I thank God for Pastor Tosin. Sometimes when she talks, in the, there are some areas that I'm like, oh God, thank you. You know, even before I got here, God knows that I will get here. He knows that that sickness will not take me. He knows. He saw me today, right from that day. He saw me today, right from. You know, God does not consult your past to determine your future. He does not consult. If he consults, none of us will be here. None of us will be here. I will add that African accent. I'm a typical Nigerian. God bless you. So, my mom called. God so faithful. The man came. And when the man came, all the medication the other doctors wrote, he canceled all of them and wrote a new medication. Behold, after one week, I started opening my eyes. Two weeks, I started walking. In the next week, I was discharged. What was the difference between me and the four that died? Information. Information. There are things you need to know now. There are things you need to know that will take you to the next level. God needs to reveal it. And once you reveal it, there is elevation. There is elevation. That is why sometimes when we pray, we need to be very careful. When you pray the right kind of prayer, and you believe, it's speed. When the Bible says God is a God of suddenly, He's a God of immediately, He's a God of... The reason we see, you've been looking for... You've been looking for one particular thing. And you'll be saying, oh, Abraham was at the age of nine. Honey, you are not Abraham. You are not Abraham. Jesus has come. There is a difference. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody today? I want to make sure I make use, full use of my time. The first one, the causes of unbelief, number one is spiritual blindness. And I pray today that each and every one of you, even if you cannot see it physically as a vision, when you sleep, God will reveal it to you. In the name of Jesus, in your dream, he will reveal it to you. And as you get to begin to act on it in Jesus' name. Another, at least we look at um, the, 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 the story of Elisha. When, when the enemies were coming against them, what they could see with their physical eyes was the number of people that was with them. But they could not see the number of people that God has sent. They only saw the number of people that was against them is more than the people that was with them. Until God opened up their eyes. And that was the prayer of Elisha. He said, Lord, open their eyes to see. Because as long as your physical eyes is seen, he's seeing defeat. 
He's saying, oh my God, this, this, this thing will, will, will overshadow me. But when your spiritual eyes are open, then you will really know that greater is he that is in me than the devil that come against me. Sometimes we don't see it. We just say it. We cannot really see it. Yeah. Your eyes have to be really open. When your eyes is really open, that is when you speak with confidence. You speak with boldness. When you are not serious, the enemy knows. He will say, that one don't they talk again. Am I speaking to somebody? Because this word is for us to live and be empowered. Hallelujah. And be empowered. The second uh, uh, causes of unbelief is you, let me be honest with you, this one is painful. But I will say it. We don't really know this God that we serve. We don't really, let, let's be, let's, you know what, let's, Let's put church. Put put on down first. Put on down. Put it down. We don't really know the God that we serve. If we know the God that we serve, our language will change. The way we act will change. The way we think will change. The way we relate to one another will change. If you see some Christians, the way we relate to one another, they will be wondering, what kind of God do these people? Do they say they are Christians? We don't really know this God. That we claim that we know. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, 13. Please put it there quickly. Matthew 16, verse 13. Because to know God is not really to know about him. Some of us, we know a lot about God. But do we really have that personal relationship? Do we have that experience with him? I know about Barack Obama, but I don't know him. All the politicians that are coming are promising us open heaven. <laughs> promising us that when they enter, let me tell you, heaven will open for you. They are lying to you. The only person that can open heaven is your God Almighty. Jehovah is his name. The great I am that I am is his name. The one that changes all things and remains or change is his name. He's the only one you can look up to. We know a lot from what people, from what people are, they are telling us, people's experience. Oh yes, I know he's a healer because this one so person tells me. I know he can make a way because this one so person. But when you begin to stand in the point of talking from experience, your language change. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippa. He asked his disciples. His disciples is not only these are the people that work with him. People from the church, they are the ones that formed this church that we are calling church. So, it started back in the day. Why Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the man of God is? Keep going. When he asked that question, a lot of people were quick to answer. <laughs> hey, hey, I know, I know. They say you are Elijah. You are Elijah. I know, I know, I know. They say you are a good teacher. You are a prophet. They were quick to answer based on other people's story. They reply, some say John. You see? They reply, they, they. That means it's not one person. They reply, some say John, the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And some others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Keep going. Bohala came, problem came. When he asked, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Because when they were following Jesus, you would thought they know him. You will believe they know him. When this test came, test 
came, there are tests that will come to your life to really ask you a question to show if you really know God. It is your answer that will determine. Am I speaking to somebody? But they ask, what about you? The first question, they. When you now go to the second question, only Simon was able to answer. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Can you imagine the 12 disciples that he has been walking with, sleep with, they eat, they move together, and yet they don't know him? Many people will claim to be following him. We know about him. We don't really know him. Keep going. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ. You are the healer. You are the way maker. You are the great I am that I am. You are the alpha. You are the omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are the rose of Sharon. You are the lily of the valleys. You are the God that make a way when there seem to be no way. You are. You are. He did not say you are going to be. He said, but you are. Do you have that testimony this morning? To say, God, you are. You are. Do you have that testimony? Because it's different. I hope I'm not going against my time. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Keep going. Keep going. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by my, but my father. That's why I ask you to pray for that reveal some stuff to me. You need to pray for that revelation. You need to pray for that revelation. Because there are some things. Because whatever is revealed to you is for you and your family. What God wants to decide to keep belongs to him. But when he wants to reveal it's for you and your family. He said, for this was not revealed to you by man. But by my father in heaven. There is a revelation you get from God. It's different from the one you get from man. Man changes. Some say Peter. Some say John. Some say whatever. It changes. But God is the same. Come on, somebody shout it louder. Hallelujah. Jesus replied, blessed are you. But I should not preach this message one time. Blessed are you. There is a kind of blessing that God is released into you. When you really know. When you know who God is, you don't remain the same. You don't remain the same. Physically, somebody might look at you and say, ah, is that not Mary that I know in those days? But spiritually, Mary has got it to another level. Am I speaking to somebody today? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by my, but by my father. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I tell you that you are Peter. There is a name change. When you know God, your identity change. Your identity change. The woman with the issue of blood, when he came in contact with Jesus, it changed. When you contact God, your, your identity will change. In the name of Jesus. He said, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gate of hell will not prevail against it or overcome it. What is God saying? When you know the revelation of who God is, upon that revelation, God will build his church. And he said the gate of hell, which means there are gates that want to come against it. There are gates that want to challenge it. There are gates that want to prove that your God is a lie. But when you know who your God is, hallelujah! When you know who your God is, your name change. 
And God will begin to build some certain stuff in your life. And the gate of hell will not be able to prevail against it. They will try in the morning, they will fail. They will come in the afternoon to come and try, they will fail. They will come in the evening to come and try, they will fail. They will come in the midnight hour, they will fail. They will wake up again in the morning, they will fail. He go on and on and on and on. If you know your God, if you know your God, there are three ways in which you know him. I'm going to be quick. Number one is the introduction stage. And I want us to get out of that stage. A stage of when somebody introduces us or when you meet Jesus. It's a stage. Hallelujah. We all that stage in this place, right? Remember the day you first met Jesus? When you gave your life to him? And after that, that is the introduction stage. And some of us seem to just rest there. There is a greater level. Tell your neighbor there is a greater level. Say there is a greater height. Say there is a greater dimension of who this God is. The second level is the level that you begin when you want to know God. How do you know him? You know him through his word. So that is why reading the Bible is very essential. God, God loves you anyhow. So the problem is not on the side of God. Because when the enemy comes to God, he will be defeated all the time. So for him to get to God, he has to go through you sometimes. We are the apples of God's eyes. When, when a body is inflicted with cancer, let me tell you, it is not the person, it is God. That is why sometimes we release that person for God to do what he wants to do. And he does it very well. Am I speaking to somebody? He does it very, very well. So you have to get to know him. You have to study the word of God for yourself. You don't have to be, you know, somebody will come all the time and be feeding you with, with spoon, with the food. Here, this is what the Lord say. Here, this is what the Lord say. At the beginning, it's okay. At the beginning stage, it's okay. When you have a little baby of two months old and she's sucking a bottle, sucking her food from the bottle, you come and say, oh, isn't she cute? Isn't she cute? How would you feel when you see a, a grown-up woman like me and my husband put me on his lap and he's feeding me with baby milk? Am <laughs> I speaking to somebody today? How would that look? That is how some of us are in the spirit. People see feed us. All do my like me. Eat, eat. Now, know God for yourself. Know God for yourself. Study His word for yourself. Obey His word. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 3, verse uh, 10, Apostle Paul said, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. He said, I want to know him. And the power. You know, sometimes we go after the power. You have to know him first. Because when that power that you are seeking, when it's attacked, you, 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 you have a word of God to defend it. The Bible says that the word of God is the sword of the spirit. When you are seeking that, when the enemy begins, the reason we give up easily on what we believe or what we've held, that an enemy attack our faith so seriously, he wants to test if you really, really know that word. That is what the Bible talks about, the parable of the seed, the, some that fell on the road. So, but the ones that fall on the good ground, what happened? The Bible says, there's what? Fruit. Not just what? In hundred words. Hundred folds. Feed on that word. Meditate on the word of God. Hallelujah. And as you meditate and you know God Almighty, you will begin to experience the power of his resurrection. And let me tell you, that power is sweet. It is sweet. That power, nothing, that's what the Bible says. That's why Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. 
when you begin to know him, that resurrection power will begin to be at work in your life. And nothing will remain dead in Jesus' name. In Psalm 62, verse 11, the Bible says, those who know their God are what? Strong. They are strong spiritually. They are strong physically. They are strong emotionally. They are strong psychologically. They are strong financially. In every area, when you know your God, the Bible says, they are strong. I just want to encourage you this morning with this word. I don't care what comes against you. I don't come what attack you. I want you to know that you serve a God that is bigger than any trouble, that is bigger than any sickness, that is bigger than any circumstances, that is bigger than any situation. Just know that the enemy may have the power to knock you down. He does not have the power to keep you down. He does not have the power to keep you down. The Bible said, greater you see that is in you. You have to know that. That is why the psalmist said, he said, my enemy, don't rejoice over me when I fall. Don't rejoice over me. Because when I fall, I will get up again. Even though I sit in darkness, Jehovah God will be my light. He says, seven times will the righteous man fall. Seven times will he rise up again. Hallelujah. Seven times will he rise up again. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to God Almighty. Father, we bless you. Father, we bless you. For everyone that has heard this word today, Father, we just want to thank you for this word. Father, we give you glory. We give you honor. Father, Lord Almighty, we believe that every word that you have spoken to us today, they are at work in our life right now. That even as we live here, Jehovah God, unbelief shall be a thing of the past. And Father, we pray that as the enemy tries to show his faith, Father, bring this war to our remembrance. In the mighty name of Jesus, for everyone that is standing here hearing the sound of my voice, Father God, wherever they are falling down in a, because of any situation and circumstances, Father Lord Almighty, I declare over their life to arise and shine, for their light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon them. Father God, we just want to bless you, that as we live here, we are living here a change of person. We are living here empowered. We are living here, Jehovah God, in another dimension. And as we live here, we will go out there and impact the world. And this world will never de depart from our mouth, oh God. Father, give us the grace. Give us the strength to overcome any unbelief. Father, we give you thanks. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Let me hear a loud amen. Glory.